Yo, what? Welcome, what's up, what's up y'all, you're listening to Finding Glory Podcast, this is a podcast for struggling college Christians, and today we've got Rachel, she's going to be teaching us, telling us about how we fight our battles, fighting our battles, so she'll be reading from the book of Samuel, so y'all better keep up, it's going to be exciting, like we just, like ready, we just wrapped up Matthew, so waiting to see exactly what's going to happen, like y'all get ready. Basically, have the Ark of the Covenant, they steal it, they put it in the Philistines' temple with their god, um, Dargon, and then basically God knocks over their false god, and it happens multiple times, and if I'm correct, the, their god ends up, the statue ends up breaking, and then God sends all these plagues, and so the Philistines get all freaked out, and we're like, nope, we don't want your Ark of the Covenant anymore, like something's going on, so they return it to the Israelites. Um, and now when the, they have the ark back, the Israelites are like, go up to Saul. Um, no, they went up to Samuel and they were like, Samuel, we want a king. Everyone else has a king. We want a king. So Saul becomes their king. And now we're picking up, um, during this whole battle scene with David and Goliath, we're going to see. So basically Goliath is this giant man so i looked it up and it was actually really interesting so it says the height was six cubics in a span which is equal to nine feet nine inches tall isn't that insane and so i looked up i'm like what is the tallest person alive today the tallest person alive today is eight feet and two inches tall so just think about like how huge that is and now um, we're going to hear about David in a minute, but David is this tiny little shepherd boy who's under 20 years old. So he's our age. So just to set some context, this is what's happening. Um, and at the last verse, verse 11 says that once they heard the words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Your version said terrified. Um, and looking back, if you think about it, like, no wonder they were greatly afraid. One of them had to go and fight Goliath. And if they won, then the slaves, uh, the Philistines were going to become their slaves. And if they lost, that meant that they were the slaves, the Philistines. So no wonder they were greatly afraid because they had been trying to fight their battles this entire time without God. So this leads me to, like, my question, like, how are you fighting your battles in your life? How are you walking through every single trial, every single hard week, everything that happens in your life? How are you walking through that? Are you turning to the world and kind of have this closed off vision of like, nope, I can do it all myself. I'm going to fix my life and then I'll go to God when everything's back and good. Are you choosing to lay into God throughout every single battle and throughout every single trial? And in this story, Goliath is a representation of our battles and our trials. When we're alone, when we're without God, he looks so big. He looks so big and so scary that we just want to turn away because we're so afraid. But with God, we can face him and we can win. And the more I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how the fact they call Goliath. In verse 4, it says, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. 
They call him a champion. So, like, are you allowing the devil to be a champion over your life? Are you allowing him to just fully take over? Um, and if you're trying to fight that alone, you're never going to win. You're honestly never truly going to win that battle. It's going to keep coming back. It's never going to completely die. And so it talks about how they're so greatly afraid. And no wonder they're greatly afraid because when the spirit of the Lord left Saul, that's when Saul's courage left. Right? Because all of a sudden he didn't have this backup anymore. We're going to talk about Saul in a little bit and what what he's known for. Um, but like, you know, you don't know why, sometimes you don't know why, why you're stressed out or anything, but it's because you're not taking the time to invite the Lord into your life and into your trials and into your battles, because you're spending all of this time trying to face these giants in your life alone. And you, you can't like, it's never going to work. They're too big to face them alone. And that's why we have God. So. Now, we're going to read verses 12 through 33. Would anyone like to read that? Josh. What are you with I have you on my mother, so you can read my Bible. If you want to read your So, 12 to what? 33. 33, yeah. Now, David was the son of the son of an Ephraim named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three eldest sons had, formed, had, had followed Saul to the war. The first born was Eliam, the second, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, the three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For forty days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening into his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and, there ten, and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See, your, see how your brothers are, being, are, are and, bring, and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a sheep, of a shepherd, loaded up and set out, and Jesse had direct, as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as an army was going to, out to, the, to, battle, to its battle positions, shouting this war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up, up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. And he was talking with them. Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from the lines and shouted his unusual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give his do- him his daughter in marriage and will accept his family from taxes and exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to them what they had been saying and told him, that what this is what will be done for the man who kills who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with them men, he burned he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave the few sheep in the wilderness? 
I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Verse 29. Now that, yet, now that what I have done, said David, can't I even speak? He, he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same manner, of the same matter, and the man answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent, him, sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on the account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And then that's the third here, right? Yeah. Okay. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are the only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Okay. So, basically what happens in this passage is we learn about David. So, David's father asked him to... David is a shepherd boy now, okay? And his father asked him to bring these gifts. He says um, to bring grain, and I forget what the other one, and ten loaves to his brothers. Basically, go to your brothers, bring them these gifts, and just check in and see how they're doing and how the battle's going, and then come back and report to me what happened. So David abides by his father and goes and checks out and goes to see what's happening. Um, Now what I wanted to bring up is to give more context about David. David is a shepherd boy. David is under 20 years old, they think, in this story, because in the Bible it says that um, men who were 20 and older were the ones who were going off to war and who were soldiers and stuff like that. So he has to be under 20, which means that he's about our age, maybe even younger. So just think about this as he's about to go into this fight with Goliath, how young he is. So he's about to go. He gets there. He gets to the whole battlefield, and he starts talking, and they start to explain to him, like, what's happening with Goliath. Like, okay, they, they want us to fight. He wants us to fight this crazy dude, and we're all so scared. Like, but these are the rewards. Don't worry. We're going to get these prize rewards if we win. Like, we just need to find the right guy to win. And, like, David is just like, but aren't you worried about winning for the glory of God rather than for the prizes? And even like tries to tell Saul and tries to tell the other Israelites, like, you're not fighting for the right reasons. Like it says in, hold on, let me turn my page. It says in verse 26, it says um, that he should defy the army of the living God. So at this point, like, David is the only one right now who's, like, protecting and honoring God. Everyone else is just like, no, 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 we just want the prize. We just want them to be our slaves. Like, let this battle end or whatever. But David's the only one who's trying to convince them to fight with God. And then we enter in his brother. And his brother basically shows up and gets really angry and thinks that David is there to be boastful, to be prideful, and because he just wants to see a fight. He thinks that, like, he's just showing up to be like, hey, you two should go and fight that dude. Like, you should go and fight him just because he wants to see something fun, right? And not only does he say that, but he also says that he talks about the fact that, like, David has no right to be talking to these guys to tell him what he should be doing. Like, he has absolutely no right. You're just a shepherd boy. You have no right talking to these high military officials. And so he gets all upset, and then David's like, what have I done? I haven't done anything. Like, there's nothing wrong that's going on. 
And then Saul says to David, he says in verse 33, he says, you are not able to go against these, uh, this Philistine to fight him for you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. So in this verse, I thought that was really interesting because Saul is legitimately saying to David, you are too young to fight this battle. You are too young to win this. And I think that that's true about our lives a lot, is that if we don't say it to ourselves, someone will say it to us. You are not skilled enough to do this. You are not skilled enough to walk out this purpose that God has for your life. You are too young to make a difference. You are too young to allow other people to hear what God is speaking through you. And they put all these restrictions on our lives. But by doing that, They're restricting God, and you can't restrict God because God can and will use anyone to live out the purpose that he has for each and every one of us. He will use anyone. He will use the shepherd boy to become king, which is insane. We we serve such a good God. The fact that he is able to do that, the fact that he's able to look past everything and just be like, no, no, I do see purpose in you. I'm not like everyone else. I'm not going to be like everyone else. I'm not going to tell you that you can't do it because you're not equipped. I am going to equip you with the skills and the tools that you need in order to be strong enough to win this fight. Not only win the fight, but live it out for my glory and my purpose. And I thought that that was so interesting because... I hear that so often. People are like, oh, you're too young to make a difference. Or, oh, you can't do that because of this. But no, no, that's not what God says at all. He will and can use you. The thing is, you have to let him. You have to make the steps. You have to walk towards God. You just have to walk and he will guide you. So now we're going to read again um, from verse 34 to 39 this time. You can do that? <laughs> okay, thank you. But God said to but God but David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, by its hair, struck it and kill it. Your servant has killed both the lion and bear. He, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. I'm sorry, I'm just so excited. (laughs) The, The paw of the bear's will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, 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 and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tonic. He put, he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tonic and tried to walk around because, he's, he, because he wasn't he was not used to them. 
I, I cannot go in this, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took it out. Okay, thank you, Baldwin. I was very <laughs> I love how you got excited about that. That's I love when that happens. Um, okay, so this was also one of the moments when I was like reading David and Goliath, and I was like, oh my gosh, God, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about it, and you're just like right here. So God has prepared David for this moment in his life, right? God has been preparing him through all the little things, through through like slaying through killing the bears and killing the lions and stuff from taking away their sheep. So one day he would be able to fight Goliath. He's prepared him because think about it. If David didn't trust God when he was fighting off the lions and the bears from to protect his sheep, then how could he trust him with Goliath? This man, this crazy man, how could he trust him with that? So God is going to equip you with the strength and the tools that you need in the season that you're in. And not only is he going to equip you, but he's going to prepare you for it. And that's why it's so important that like we need to be faithful and walking with him through every season with our eyes on him and being like, yes, God, I'll follow you. Yes, I don't know why you're doing this. But he says, like Jesus talks about in Matthew, how like you may not understand now, but you will one day. God has a purpose for everything that he's doing in your life. And if we turn away at the little things, then how is he going to make this giant big purpose and this do great things in our lives with the big things, right? Because we couldn't even follow him at the little, at the little things, just protecting sheep, never mind with the Israelites and the Philistines, right? Um, so David's strength and boldness in God right here is so crazy amazing. I love it so much. It gets me so excited. Um, I made a, I made like a video on my private Jesus story. I think it was last week. And it was about Psalms 31, 24, which says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all who hope in the Lord. God is going to give you strength through what you're going through, for those who trust in the Lord, the definition of hope is to trust, right? So if David hadn't trust the Lord, then he wouldn't be strong of good courage and he wouldn't be able to just be like, yep, nope, I'm the man. I'm going to go and fight Goliath. Like, I'm going to do it. And not only is he going to fight Goliath, but he's going to fight Goliath with God by his side and God is his only armor. And... I was thinking about that, like the fact that David was able to have this such courage was because solely he trusted in the Lord and because he knew that the Lord was going to walk with him. God is never going to send you into a battle alone, ever. He's never going to send you into a battle, a trial, a hard day, a hard week alone. He's always going to be there. It's just the choice of whether or not you seek him out and whether or not you cry out to him to help you. He's always there. We just need to ask. And I think that that's something that a lot of us forget to do all the time. And the thing is, when you ask, he will show up. He will speak to you. He will provide peace and comfort. You just have to ask. Now in 38 and 39, um, it talks about how Saul... Saul clothes David with his armor. My Bible, my Bible says 
So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put on the bronze helmet and clothed him with the um, coat and all this stuff. Saul is putting on his armor onto David. And if you think about it, so he puts on his armor, and then David's like, nope, I can't walk in this. Like, I haven't, I haven't had time to adjust to this. I can't walk in this. Like, this, is, this armor is restricting me from being able to fight my battles. Now, if we think back about who Saul is and what his reputation is right now in the Bible, we know that Saul is known to be prideful. He's known to be lacking integrity, and he's known to be disobeying God and trying to do things without God, which is why he, he is covered in all of these barriers that's stopping him to allow God to be the shield in his life. And David just says to him, he's like, no, this is restricting me. This is restricting me. This, this earthly armor that you put on me, that's yours, is restricting me because all I need is God. All I need is God, God to be my shield and God to be my armor. And he's going, to, he's going to lead me out through this fight. And I thought that that was so cool. I love that verse so much because like, David is just like, no, I don't need this. I only need God behind me and that's all I need. I am going to take a slingshot and a rock to kill Goliath. I don't need your sword. I don't need your, your shield because God is my shield. And I'm pretty sure it's Corinthians. They talk about um, God, the armor of God, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, right? And that's the truth. Like God is our armor. He's our protection. And the second that we start, the second that we start putting up worldly armor on ourselves is the second that we create a barrier in between us and God. The second that we try to, that we try to, <laughs> Sorry. The second that we try to put all these things in between us and God, we're like, no, 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 this is like my safety zone. Like, God, this is like what gets me through this. Or no, I'm just gonna turn to this to I'm just gonna I'm gonna turn to this to solve my problems. I don't need you there. I will fight it with this shield. Like, we're good. I, I trust you, but like I'm still gonna have a shield. You're creating a barrier between you, and that barrier is resisting you to be able to walk out the purpose that God has for your life. That hit me so hard. I was like, if I have these earthly armor on, then I can't live out the purpose that God has for me. I don't have the ability to do that. So now we're going to see what happens with David and Goliath and how David is going to go into this battle solely alone with God's armor. So we're going to read from 40 till the end of the chapter 57. So, could someone read that? I can do it if I get too excited. <laughs> You're fine. I have a different file, but It's fine. You could read. It doesn't matter. To the end? Yeah, to the end. Um, and he took his staff in his hand and, he, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a screw. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and roddy, and of a fair countenance. 
And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead and the, that the stone sunk unto his forehead and he fell un, upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judea arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fled fell down by the way to Sharon, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David go forth unto the Philistine, he said, unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son the stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said unto him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Yes, Goliath is dead. So David runs into the battle solely with God as his weapon, right? That's it. He picks up some stones. He has a slingshot. He's like, we're just going to pull him back, hit Goliath. God's going to take care of it all. So it says, it says in verse 45, it says, You shall come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel. Guys, 
David has such this strength and confidence in the Lord that he's like, you're going to fight me with the sword, but I'm going to fight you with the almighty God because he's the only defender that I need. He's all I need. It's so amazing how much confidence David has in the Lord. And throughout David's life and later on and stuff, he he continues to just have this confidence to be like, no, God's going to take care of it. Like, I'm not worrying about it. I have this. God's got this. And then in verse 47, it talks about how the Lord does not save with sword and a spear for the battles is, uh, is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So you aren't saved by the sword. You're saved by the Lord, right? That's so true. We're not going to be saved by the sword. We're not going to be saved by the shields or the little tools that we have to get through our battles. It's going to be through the Lord. And God is going to provide you with the weapons to win and provide you with the equipment and the tools and the strength that you need in order to get there. But it's the reminder that the strength, it's a reminder that the tools that he gives you, the swords that he gives you in order to fight your battles are not the things that are saving you. It's God, right? And then, and so basically this whole thing happens and then, David, it says he runs towards the army to meet the Philistine. David runs into battle. He has such this bold confidence in the Lord that he's like, okay, time to go. And like runs into battle. How many times in our lives can you say, we see a tribulation. We see how big this mountain is. And we we're like, yeah, sure, Lord, I'm just going to run into the battle because I know that you got your back, my back. No, 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 we look at that mountain. We look at whatever that is, whether it's temptation, whether it's, whether it's our sins, whether it's a tough week or a tough day, whatever it is, we look at it and we're like, God, uh, no. Like, no, I can't do that. I'm going to walk the other direction and just pretend I didn't see that. No, David runs into the battle because he has the confidence and the strength of the Lord behind him because he has that good courage behind him. So then we read about how, how David takes the slingshot and he kills Goliath. He hits him in the head. Goliath falls down. He dies. And then it talks about how David takes his sword and chops off his head. He chops off his head. At first I was reading that and I'm like, why did he chop off his head? He knew that he killed him with God's holy power. Like, why did he chop off his head? And when I was reading it, I was reading on, like, this app that I have, the Endure app. I love that thing. And as I was reading it to, like, try and figure out what this whole part of the story was talking about, it was talking about how, so Goliath is our symbol, right, for all of our spiritual enemies. It's a symbol for the devil in our life. And when you're fighting those battles with the Lord, when you fight them on your own, the devil, the battle, the temptation, the whatever is never fully ever, is never going to fully die. But with God, you can fully kill whatever you're trying to fight. And so him taking the sword and him cutting the head off is making sure that the spiritual enemy that he was facing is fully dead. Is completely dead. Because and only because of the support that he first had from God. He legitimately brought this nine foot tall giant down on his face in front of God 
And then he chopped off the head to make sure he was dead, to make sure that he could live out God's glory and God's purpose for his people. So that happens. And then they talk about how, how the troops of the Philistines, they fled. As soon as Goliath is down, the troops are like, okay, we're gone, we're gone, we're gone, we're gone. And I was like, that's really interesting how like they were all like compact and like ready watching the fight. And the second that Goliath, which is almost like their leader in the sense in this story, the second that he's down, they fled. And thinking about that related to like the devil and thinking about that related to him like trying to tempt you and stuff like that. When you have this strength of God behind you, it doesn't always become, sometimes it becomes harder for the devil to attack you. I'm not saying that he's not going to come for you. In fact, he's going to come for you even harder because the moments when you're on top are the moments when he's coming for you because he sees you living out the glory for God's kingdom. And he's like, nope, we can't have that. We're going to try and bring them back down to the bottom of the mountain. Right? And I thought that that was really interesting. So how the troops fled. Now, earlier I mentioned like this quote that has just been going through my head all week and how like this lesson relates to everything I'm going through and whatever. But... God sends his strongest warriors into his toughest battles. So those people, you know why he does that though? He does that because he knows that you are going to trust him in those battles. He knows that you are going to, at some point, it may not be right away, but at some point you're going to turn to him and be like, God, I need your help. I need you to save me. And he's going to. Because it talks about how we're going to have strength in the Lord because we can find hope in him in Psalms 31, 24. It talks about that. And oftentimes this, like, this whole thing has been going through my head about how like, we ask God to help us grow. We ask God, God, I want you to help me break this habit. God, I want you to help me grow in my faith. I want you to help me grow stronger so I can become closer to you. But the second that change comes into our lives, the second that people start leaving you, the second that these bad habits start happening, the second that the devil tries to attack you, the second that things get hard are when we turn away from God in that building phase. The second that things get hard, that's when we turn. And the thing is, is that God's going to move things in and out of your life to draw you closer to him. But if we try and resist the, ch- the, the change the entire time, then we're never going to be able to grow closer to him, right? That's never going to happen. And so we have the ability to grow closer to him. But we spend so much time crying out to God and wondering, being like, God, why is this happening? Why are you putting me through these hard trials? But the thing is, God isn't just going to give you strength. God isn't just going to give you faith. Yes, there are times that he does do that. And believe me, he does. But you have to earn it. You not even earn it. You have to trust God And you have to go through those trials. He's going to send you in a situation that makes you trust him. He's going to test that new faith. He's going to test that new strength that you have. And those are when the trials hit. And that's when we start being like, God, what's happening? Why are you doing this to me? I don't understand. But it's like, it's like if you're working out, right? 
in order for your muscles to grow, in order for you to lift, there's going to be pain. There's going to be pain. Things are going to break down, right? The, I forget what they're called, the myosin, whatever. They break down. Yes, thank you. They break down first, and then they build up stronger. God breaks you down first so you can build up stronger in his name. So you can see like, look what God did through these trials in my life. And look where I am now because I trusted him in the end. That's, and he, that's huge for us. That's so huge. And so Miranda, last night I was preparing and I was trying to get this all done. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to finish what I'm writing and what I'm teaching. And Miranda said to me, she's like, Rachel, she's like, when we were at church, on Sunday, there was this verse that just hit me, and I've been thinking about it all week, and it's just been relating to the fact that I've just been struggling with not being able to run, and that I've been in all this pain, but this is what's been getting me through this week, and the verse is Romans 5, 3 through 4, and it says, and not only that, but we have also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. There's that word again, hope. Hope is back. Guys, tribulation produces perseverance. It produces the strength for you to go through and you to trust God. That perseverance produces character that builds who you are. And that character produces hope. Hope, which defines as, tr- as trust. Tribulation creates trust in God right? It creates trust. It produces trust. It produces hope in the Lord. In the end, it produces hope in the Lord. Now, my question is, who are you walking through your battles with? Who are you walking through your battles with? Are you walking with God? Or are you walking with the world? Are you walking alone? Are you choosing not to seek God? Because here's the thing, We're all given the opportunity to be like David. We're all given the opportunity to walk into our battles with this confidence and to run through them full force because we know God's got our back. But it's our choice. God gives us the choice and the free will to choose to hide like Saul in our pridefulness or to choose to fight courageously and strong with the Lord like David did. He gives us this choice in our life. And we have to choose to fight like David, to fight with the strength, because if we don't, it's going to break us and we're going we're gonna to lose. We're going to lose the battle, right? God is never going to place you in a battle that you can't handle. That doesn't mean that you're not going to lose battles. You are. But the thing is, is that he is going to be with you. He's never going to place you in a battle that he's not with you in, Okay. Something that he can't handle. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Without the strength of Christ, we can't do anything. We cannot do anything. We cannot win our battles. And as much as we try, it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. And honestly, I can tell you it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're going to end up on the ground. You're going to end up being face down on the ground. As the devil becomes a champion over your life, instead of God being the champion of your life, who's the champion of your life? You need to find your strength in the Lord. You need to find your hope in the Lord. And he will strengthen your heart. 
and he will walk with you through every single trial, every single bad day, every single bad week, every single long week, whatever you're going through, he's going to walk you through it. And he's going to give you joy and hope in the end. So that's my spiel on David and Goliath. And I hope that y'all choose to be like David. Yo, thank you guys for tuning in. That's some powerful words like from Rachel. Like, sheesh. Like, y'all, y'all just hear it. Like, we'll be back next week with another, another, another episode. So y'all better stay up. Keep up with us on social media and everything. We'll be up there uploading, finding glory, podcast, finding glory, Instagram, TikTok, everything. You find us there. Peace be with you. God bless you.